Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. All right, go for it. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everyone. It's V the Gorilla Economist coming to you live with our main guy, the one and only Charles Hugh Smith of Two Minds Blog. Uh, Charles is a very prolific writer and thinker. You can find many of his books on Amazon.com as well as your local bookstores uh, or whatever your book retailer is that you utilize to uh, look for his work. Uh, Charles Hugh Smith is amazing. I love talking to Charles. I love the way he thinks. And uh, without further ado, because he is no stranger to this program, Charles, how are you, buddy? Very good, V. Uh, let's get right to it. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money, 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 money. <laughs> That's right. You made an, an awesome point before we went live about money and uh, what the linchpin is uh, with us as people uh, on this planet, as, as, as individuals, as independent individuals, uh, freedom-loving people. The only way, and you and I have mentioned this many times before, is, is the only way we're going to beat these guys is just just not participating. Just saying, you know what, we're done. And I believe firmly, Charles, that there's enough of us in the tens of millions that are out there that we can create our own economy. We can create our own sub-niche decentralized economy where we're not reliant on these miscreants, these statists who are completely out of control. And I think that I think your message today needs to be rung in the ears of every single person. So go ahead. Right. Uh, well, V, what I have said repeatedly um, is if we don't change the way we create and distribute money, then we change nothing. In other words, all the stuff that people are promoting, oh, this idea, this law, this statute, this regulation, this tweak of a policy, this, if only the Fed tweaked this policy or if only the economy did this, and it's all like, none of that matters. None of that's going to change anything because the whole economy rests on how you create and distribute money. And our society rests on that economy. So when people, you know, they start wondering or they, they're wringing their hands over um, income inequality or the opioid crisis or the, the sort of decline of, of civil society, all of these issues go back to the economy because the economy defines how society develops and what society can do. And then the economy is based on, on what we do with money. So right now, our system of money, it, it's really pretty simple. It's created at the very top of the wealth power pyramid, right? At the very, very top. And it's Correct. distributed at the top. Okay, so is, is there any wonder why we have uh, wealth and income inequality when all of the money that's created in the fiat system, whether it's in China, whether it's in the European Union, whether it's in the US or Venezuela, it's all created at the top and distributed to the top, right? And there's interest accrued on it. So you, we end up paying the bankers for the use of, of their money. 
And so as, if we're, as long as we stay in that system, it's hopeless. There's no policy tweak, no new regulation. Uh, nothing's going to change anything. And so that's where I'm excited to talk to you guys because you guys see this as, as the reality too. We have to have a new form of money. And we all know that cryptocurrency is, is the technological innovation that opens new doors to us all. Absolutely. I mean, cryptocurrencies is the technological tour de force. Uh, it is the game changer. And uh, this is th- this is uh, this is why it's so vital that people get in on it and start utilizing it and that we build platforms and businesses and payment solutions and and, you know, and, and lending and all these things built around cryptos, because this is how we decentralize. This is why and this is how the banks of the last several months have been working diligently with federal regulators, folks. Remember, these regulators walk in lockstep with the banksters covering their crimes. And these banks have been working very hard in order to mosey on in on the crypto world in terms of, hey, um, you know, whatever you trade, when you trade a crypto, when you're doing this, oh, that's a that's a that's a tax. Uh, that's a taxable event you're doing which is forcing somebody who's originally wanted to be in cryptos and try to decentralize. It is forcing them to be in the crypto and sorry, being in the fiat world, being into the clutches of the regulators. And this only happens because we are spending way too much time, energy and resources still being plugged into the system. Right. And, um, and so the idea you know, there's several big ideas in the in in the cryptocurrencies, or that are enabled by cryptocurrencies, and um, one of them is is uh, I think you touched on just now, which is to create a decentralized, relocalized economy. We have to be able to relocalize money. In other words, if we have to borrow it from the Federal Reserve, well, then you're it's already lost. There's no way you can relocalize right. an economy if you have to borrow from the banks or you're depending on the Federal Reserve to issue some some trickle of their money to you. That's not going to happen. So with cryptocurrencies, communities can actually create their own cryptocurrencies. And there's there's lots of examples of this, um, like Steemit is one where a community says, okay, these are the rules for issuing crypto. You create some work or do something that benefits the membership of this particular group. And we issue cryptocurrency to you based on these rules. And so this to me is a revolutionary concept that um, people haven't quite grasped in, in my view. People understand low currencies like scripts, you know, like um, let's just print a bunch of things and, and um, call it money. And then um, if we can find people that it will accept it as money, then you can have a local currency. But there's the, the rules are not um, are not as explicit as as possible with a cryptocurrency. And and so the cryptocurrency space, in my view, allows a diversity of money. Right. right. That's part of it. And so what what I uh, what we were talking about before we started recording is, is you guys are working on creating a pathway um, between cryptocurrencies and precious metals, and and that's um, that's a core uh, form of money, right? That's a that's a key highway that we need to pave between cryptos and precious metals. And I'll I'll let you describe why that's so. You know. Yeah, I mean uh, the biggest problem in the in the cryptoverse because of all these regu- regulations being thrown up uh, by various jurisdictions throughout the world. 
um, is, hey, you can't liquidate, you can't do nothing, you're pretty much locked into it. Or if you do liquidate, there's exorbitant fees that you have to be paid. And, of course, there's taxable fees. I mean, case in point, in the, within our U.S. jurisdictions, let's just say you're a person on using a, an exchange like Coinbase or whatnot, you can pay a variable fee of up to 10%. And uh, God forbid, if you have a, a ridiculous amount, if you're one of those crypto millionaires that are out there, you want to liquidate because you're you're tired of being a crypto millionaire because you're just a crypto millionaire. You have no way of actually becoming a fiat millionaire and putting those millions of cryptos to good use. Well, you're stuck because now uh, the Charles, you know what I found out what the what the effective taxable rate is for the IRS for uh, if you have four hundred thousand dollars or more in cryptos. Yeah, I believe it's what thirty three percent, or is it thirty six percent? Thirty nine point six, close. Yeah, thirty nine point six. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it's uh, ridiculous. You know, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so these are the issues that that a lot of people are facing. So this trepidatious fear, because you know, this is a whole new world. This is all the wild, wild west. The regulators don't know what they're doing. The regulators don't know how to adequately tax. The regulators are, and the people that are in crypto is like, how do I remember every single trade I ever made? What do I do? There, so there's this fear that's locking up the system. Well, what we're doing is, hey, you know what? Let's just leave the fear behind. Let's leave the FUD behind. And why don't we do this? Whatever you want to liquidate, instead of trying to get it into fiat, which there's all sorts of third-party counter-risk associated with fiat. Fiat is IOUs. Fiat is legal tender, which means a somebody else's problem, somebody else's debt, somebody else's legal responsibility. Why do you want to be entangled in that, which gives those local jurisdictions an absolute right Okay, an, abs an absolute right to do whatever they can and will do to you. Why Why even play with it? So we just say, hey, you know what? Let's circumvent the whole thing. Bring us your cryptos, and we will take your cryptos, and we will convert them into LBMA certified gold, good delivery gold. Okay? And because LBMA good delivery, uh, that is the most powerful gold in the world. It is the most pedigreed gold in the world. It's the most secure gold in the world. It's the only metal in the world. It's the only asset class in this, in this, in this planet that is free from any sort of third-party counter-risk. In other words, when you get LBMA Good Delivery Gold, you get a, a, a bullion bar from the LBMA Good Delivery system. That bar has no third-party counter-risk to it. There's no legal obligations behind that bar. It is yours. As a sovereign and free human being, it is yours, okay? That is the one remaining legal loophole that is existing on planet Earth right now in the financial sense. The only one remaining, okay? So... Give us your cryptos. We move you into that. Now, once you're in gold, guess what? We could do a couple of options. We could store. We could vault. We could store it. Okay, we could vault it in any one of the correct jurisdictions, the best jurisdictions in the world, like Hong Kong, Singapore, Switzerland. Okay, and if you want to uh, deliver it, we could deliver the bar directly to you. Okay, right to your front door of your house, or if you want, you can liquidate it. And if you want to liquidate it, as you know, we could liquidate as low as five thousand dollars per customer per day, or we could do up to two hundred thousand dollars per customer per day. And we liquidate it and have it wired into your bank account in three to five business days. In the in the fiat currency you're choosing, maybe you don't want dollars. Maybe you want Canadian dollars, Aussie dollars, Norwegian krona. Maybe you want uh, Swiss francs. Maybe you want yen, yuan, whatever the heck it is that you want. Maybe you want pounds. We can get that to you. Now, what we've done because of the of the buying and selling of the correct specimen of gold, the correct species of gold, the correct type the phenotype, the karyotype of gold that I'm talking about, folks, okay, that changes the game. That changes the game because then now we've moved you to the most flexible 
defensible liquid asset on planet Earth. I think that... That, That's uh, my dramatic pause right there, Charles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I I think the uh, the whole crowd just went, um, you know, silent, you know, kind of like... um, that that moment when um the uh everyone's watching you know like yeah that's it and so i think the key word for me was flexibility and that's like as we go into this next decade or two of complete financial economic social turmoil uh, globally then flexibility is um is a key asset itself and so this conversion between crypto gold and fiat um that 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 maximizes flexibility and and that's really what everybody uh, that has any assets at all needs and so uh, in other words how to transfer your phantom wealth um, which is what most of the money in our system is now is a phantom form of wealth that um, is going to devalue or depreciate for all the reasons we've discussed many times into something that's um, more durable and more usable in in uh, the kind of um, decentralized economy that we're that we're talking about um, as the only viable, sustainable future economy uh, that that we can have. Now, the other thing I want to, and this is one of my you know favorite topics, and I know it's really out there. It's on the margins of 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 what's considered um, possible, but. The other possibility for crypto is for people that don't have any assets, then, um, you know, my scheme, my proposal is, well, we could create a special cryptocurrency that's issued in exchange for labor that does something useful in a specific community, fills some specific community scarcities, right? Then, you know, instead of waiting for Google or Apple to, you know, decide that, you know, some poverty stricken village somewhere in the world needs a pump you know, for water or a solar panel, people could actually do work, earn the money, earn the cryptocurrency to start buying the stuff they need to improve their the lives of the people in their own community. And so crypto, because it does, it's not borrowed into existence, has the ability to alleviate poverty on a global scale. And if the rules are, um, are understandable, and, and clear and there's penalties for trying to cheat the system I think that's I think it has uh, a huge potential to alleviate poverty and so if you want to talk about you know how do we fix the, the global economy well we fix the global econ- economy by fixing our our local economies right whether it's in Africa Asia South America North America wherever right all of these economies are struggling with these um, these uh, burdens and asymmetries that are created by the global economy we have, which is um, has all the capital and all the money creation and distribution tools at the very top of the wealth power pyramid. And so we need to be able to push that that capital down in below the top one tenth of one percent. And so that's where cryptos have, um, if you will, two potential uses. One, to take uh, your your phantom fiat wealth and convert it into something that's more durable and useful. And then number two, it has the potential to alleviate poverty um, in local communities on a global scale, at least in my view. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, let's look at banking. The thing that we in the Western world and the developed world uh, take for granted, the thing that 
you know, we don't think about banking. Uh, we think about banking the same way we think about uh, electricity or something else. We just, it's just another utility. You know, it, it's uh, some of us also see it as an uh, as an unnecessary evil. And no matter what your take or viewpoint or opinion about banking, one thing about banking that we do know that is absolutely quantifiable, that is absolutely real, is the fact, the fact, the fact, the fact that we have today in this world 6.23 billion, with a B, billion people who are unbanked and or underbanked. In other words, you have 6.2 billion people that have no access to the global economy. In the age of modern banking, in the age of online banking, the age of all this banking stuff and ATMs and debit cards and this, that, and the other, you still have the vast majority of people because we in the Western world, we in the developed world, there's about a billion of us, we don't think about banking, we don't think about the global economy because we're so insular and myopic in our views, but globally there's a need. And that's a need. People always say, well, uh, how come they can't? Well, they just can't. The banks are incapable. You see, folks, there are certain models that simply cannot work in certain places. Otherwise, the banks would have existed in those regions of the world that I just said. And, and Charles, what, they, what, what, what people feel to realize is the utter, abject, total failure of banks and banking institutions from reaching those areas. Those are places where the banks can't go that cryptocurrency can absolutely go. Yes, you're so right. And um, the other part of the crypto story here in terms of, of creating um, banking functions, there's a couple of points I, I, I'd like to add. One is that crypto also enables um, crowdsourcing. In other words, once you get uh, to a point where uh, you know, there's there's perfect convertibility in, in cryptos, then someone could loan money, you know, a hundred bucks to some village far away that, that could use the money. And then that the, the whole thing is without a bank, right? In other words, we're, we can provide the services of banking, like certain accounts and being able to borrow money for good for productive uses but do that without the centralized system of banks who are taking their skim you know and exactly. um, yeah and and the other thing is that um cryptos lend themselves to uh mobile phones in other words of the six billion oh, unbanked people five billion i was just about to say go ahead yeah, go ahead <laughs> yeah no, I was about to say that. it's it's like you know you go to the deepest darker places of the of, of the recesses of this world, you won't you won't find a bank, but you want to know something. You'll find villages where entire villages have one cell phone. That cell phone is connected to a solar panel that powers it, because that cell phone, the most rudimentary uh, smartphone that you have, whether it's an Android One unit or it's a Windows phone or it's uh, some other platform. They are able to check the local weather conditions. They are able to check the local commodity prices. So these villagers rely on that one smartphone to go ahead and trade their wares on a global market. It's given global economic reach for that one paltry, small little village is now linked into the global economy because of the power of a smartphone and cryptocurrencies, folks. Guys, this is huge, huge. Right. And um, another point that uh, that we uh, should look at in, in crypto that's different than the conventional banking is 
crypto um, can be self-funding. In other words, we know the blockchain, the, the Bitcoin model is um, that it's mined, right? And then you're paid in the, in the currency that you're mining, right? Now, there's other models other than the bit, um, than the, uh, than Bitcoin. Um, but the basic idea is the same in the Steemit system or, or whatever, that the, the crypto um, systems can be self-funding because people will be paid in that crypto to maintain um, the database, essentially. And so that's another key function is you don't need a centralized government or something to fund this. You don't need a banker skimming um, everything. It can be self-funded. And um, and so that's another uh, really important feature of fighting poverty is, is that you if you eliminate that centralization, you eliminate the skim. And um, that's that's another aspect of the power of cryptos to alleviate poverty. Absolutely correct. Absolutely correct, man. And um, and that's how we win. We get more people using these decentralized systems, decentralized uh, uh, platform vehicles like cryptocurrencies. That's how we win. This is the nightmare of the banks, Charles. Right, right. And it's a nightmare of centralized governments, too, because um, what happens to the centralized central banks, right, which are basically arms of the government that issues the currency, what happens to them if people um, have a choice and can start using decentralized currencies? Well, that takes away their power to inflate away um, the wealth of the bottom 90%, right? Which is what central banks have. And it, it takes away their power to print the money and give it to their, their, their cronies, to their, to their buddies at the top of the, of the pyramid, right? And so that would kill the, um, the central banking system. And, um, it's if the central banks can figure out a way to coexist with um, a decentralized currency, that's fine. But they're not going to. We what we want to do is we want to deprive them of the power to rob everyone via you know inflation or devaluation of the currency. Correct, and that's the power uh, that we take away. People, don't, most people don't realize that inflation is another hidden tax. And let's be honest here, in, in, in the last 150 some odd years of modern banking that we had, what did the banks actually give you? What did they give you? They've given you an ATM machine and a debit card. That's it. That's all they've given you in 150 to 200 years of modern banking, right? But how many devices, how many vehicles, how many schemes, how many instruments have they invented to release you of your wealth, to separate you from your money? There was a time that you went into a bank, you put money in, you took money out without question. It was your money. Today, you put money into a bank, you open up a checking account. Now, you're no longer a client or customer of the bank. You are an unsecured lender without your full intent and, and or knowledge. And that's just the way the rules are because, folks, right, like I said, the criminal banks walk in lockstep with the criminal crime covering regulators. And that's the problem we're facing today, Charles. This has to end, and the way it has to end, we kill these people with cryptos, with gold, with silver, with alternative means. Right, and you know what we're really talking about is a transformation. And so there's there were two models for transformation in in the past. One was a violent revolution, right? But you know, as we've seen in places that have suffered those those kinds of of disorder. 
nothing really changes, right? The old, the, the, the you know, same boss, uh, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, because the money system is, is it remains the same. And um, if we know anything about the communist uh, regimes is that um, they, they were even more rapacious in terms of what they did to their environment and the ecosystems of those nations. They were completely destroyed and they, they basically had the same centralized money system as, as any capitalist system. So they didn't really change anything. And so um, this sort of political overthrow is like a failed model in my view, you know, you start with yeah. the money, you start with the money and, and then you move to the economy. Then you get social and political change. That's that grows out of people having access to opportunity, access to capital, access to doing something useful in their own community. Then you get political and social change, positive change just naturally. Right. You don't have to impose anything. Right. Um, and so the other model is uh, like in the 60s and 70s, globally, there was a counterculture, right, where people were disgusted right. with the status quo and they they sought to make a new economy, but they didn't have the, the, the missing link in the, in the counterculture of that era was they didn't have any uh, form of money other than fiat. So, of mm -hmm. course, it failed. You know, yeah. you can't start a new economy unless you have a new form of money. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So that's what we're talking about here. Is you got to have a new money. You have to. It, it's survival. Either a, you know, you can sit there and complain about it and, and whine about, uh, oh, you know, the banksters and the elites have control. Folks, the elites don't have control. The elites have created a system that you involuntarily participate in. All you got to do is voluntarily check out and have the faith. And, and that you check out and that, you know, it, the more of us check out, the more of us create alternative platforms, the more of us create decentralized networks. And now with the power of blockchain, with the power of cryptos, you have the power to do that. You have the power to do that. And now with our new platform, Liquidbase, we're going to give you access to a 270-year-old elite system that's outside of the banking network that adds, that adds liquidity, stability, and security to this. Now you there's there's no excuse, and I know that in, in due time other competing platforms will emerge, which is great for everybody. That's how you break the banks. Right, exactly. Uh, we want a diversity of cryptos. We want a diversity of of lending sources. We want a, a diversity of of access to capital, and so that's really what um we're talking about when we're talking about a decentralized system. It's kind of like let a thousand flowers bloom and then give people choices and options, then they'll figure out what's best for them. And so that's the right. opposite of a centralized system. And I want to touch real quickly on Venezuela as um, the tragedy, the unfolding tragedy of, of Venezuela, right? And I happen to have a few, you know, kind of uh, email friends in Venezuela. And so I have a little bit of on the street uh, uh, knowledge there. Um, not much. I, I only have anecdotal awareness of, of what's going on in Venezuela. But we all know it's an unfolding human tragedy. And yeah. what I kind of see it as is people think, and this is the standard kind of uh, conceptualization that we have in the status quo globally is, well, they need to elect a new guy, you know, and, and in right. other words, some political change is going to change the society and the economy. That's not how it works. And I think Venezuela is proof of that. You can change the leadership, but if you don't change the money system and you don't change the economy, then um, it still blows up, 
you know, it, it, there's some changing some guy at the top or some gal at the top of the political power structure isn't going to really change anything. And so what um, the tragedy uh, in Venezuela, in, in, to, in my mind, is people did not anticipate the collapse of the fiat currency, of the, of the national currency, right? And so they didn't start constructing these decentralized systems that you're describing. Yeah. And so right. now, after fiat collapses, it's too late. And, and there's a Chinese right. saying I like, which is, um, when you get thirsty, it's too late to dig a well. Mm. You know, and so you've got to dig the well before you get thirsty. And so that's where what we're trying to do, all of us in the alternative financial economic space, is if we can create, we got to dig the wells first. When fiat collapses and we're thirsty we actually have alternatives in place but if you don't have those alternatives in place then people are passive um they they go into a, a state of um sort of a zombie state where they they're wandering around don't know what to do um and that's not a good place to be in you know you, we all want a positive alternative a positive option and so that's what we're really trying to do is create these networks of decentralized opportunities and if those networks are already established then as fiat you know loses its value we have us we have an, an alternative system already in place and ready to use yeah yeah absolutely i absolutely wholeheartedly agree with you charles absolutely what else is on your radar my friend <laughs> well i think um again i i what i keep focusing on is people look at these problems that are terrible the huge human cost to things like the opioid crisis and and i think it it all goes back to the economy because why are people in pain why are they turning to opioids why is why are they prone to addiction and then yeah. you know the status quo looks at oh brain chemistry and and genetics and stuff and i'm looking at it and going duh isn't it obvious we've stripped away all the positive social roles for people in in rural and small town america a lot of people that they just don't have the means to go to harvard and get a, a, a an mba and succeed in the economy at the very top right and so it's like what are we going to do for all the people that are just regular folks that want to contribute want a job um want to be useful well, we, we've taken we've taken that away for a lot of people, and so we end up with an opioid crisis. And and then you know I get all kinds of email about it, people telling me, "Well, it's the people's fault. It's not the medical system's fault." And it's all like, "Oh, all oh, right." Medical people's fault. It's the medical's fault. I mean, there are some people that have a that could have a possible genetic propensity for certain types of addictions, and you have these opioids, which we know are you know there's some genetic triggering there that some people do get hooked on and they get hooked uncontrollably it, it doesn't matter and i've seen people that i've heard of people from the lowest of the low to the highest of the high getting hooked on this craziness it's unbelievable charles and, and the lives that are destroyed by it it's, it's, it's incredulous to me right and that my my kind of point here is that you know if we had an abundance of of jobs that people you know felt were were useful you know not bs jobs not make work you know not training that goes nowhere but actually serving the community and being needed this is this is the kind of positive social role that all humans want right and you know we like leisure but we really want a positive social role too you know and so if you take all that away which is the way our economy's going 
then um, you leave people in despair and, and people in despair and depression turn to drugs and then and then voila, it, it, it's all downhill from there. And so uh, if, you know, instead of wringing our hands over the opioid crisis, we should be looking at like, how do we change our economy to create an abundance of opportunity for so in positive social roles and to build capital? Because, you know, when you look at the asymmetries in our, in our economy, it's like a handful of people control most of the capital and most people own nothing in terms of productive capital. I mean, so if you don't fix that, you're not going to fix your social problems because your social problems arise from those economic asymmetries. Correct. Absolutely correct. Charles, we have uh, so many other things that are happening in this world. Um, you know, especially the the recent uh, shenanigans uh, we see with the FBI, with some of the uh, <laughs> uh, the Russia collusion thing that is uh, really losing a tremendous amount of wind in its sail. Uh, what's your opinions on this uh, going on shenanigans uh, slash entertainment uh, <laughs> that passes as uh, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's 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 crazy what's going on, Charles. What's your take? Right. Well, I was um, my site was one of the original uh, alt media sites uh, slammed by the fake um, uh, the fake organization proper. That, not. That's right. <laughs> I mean, God, I, mean, I remember we had you on and uh, the last interview and they hit us, uh, you know, for having you on. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I poisoned your whole organization, you know, yeah. because I'm I'm a I'm a, a patsy of Putin. And, um, and, and, you know, so you look at the list of, of that kind of stuff, and, and that was the beginning of this whole uh, narrative, right, the, 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 the Russian collusion thing. And so you, if you look at the absurdity of the claims from day one, and, and, and yet the status quo mainstream media has clung to these absurd allegations for almost two years now with no results to speak of. And um, you have to wonder... To me, the interesting question is why? Why are they so stupidly desperate to cling to a failed, obviously bogus narrative? Well, it's because um, the thing's unraveling, the status quo is unraveling, and so their desperation is a reflection of just how far the unraveling has already proceeded. Absolutely correct, absolutely correct. Charles, any last-minute closing comments you want to make? Uh, plug your website. How can people follow you on your social media? Go for it, sir. Yeah, download a, a free uh, five chapters of my new book, Money and Work Unchained. Just go to yes. of2minds.com, scroll down, click on it, and um, you got a free, uh, practically a free book right there. Um, and uh, if you want to buy the, uh, the whole book, great. If you don't, well, hey, that's okay, too. Fantastic. There it is. <laughs> Smith, two months blog. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this information with us. It's always refreshing to have you on, man. A very clear thinker and an amazing mind. Charles Hughes of twominds.com. With that being Thanks. said, we're over and out. Take it away, CJ.